In this episode of the Exploring Information Security Podcast, how to handle CFP rejections. Welcome to the Exploring Information Security Podcast, where you will learn, explore, and grow your security mindset. I am your host, Timothy D. Block, and in this episode, we will be exploring how to handle CFP rejections. Joining me to help answer this question is Michael Kavka. So Michael, at the beginning of this year, wrote a blog post titled, It is CFP Season, So What? And it's a really, really good, really good blog post uh, talking about CFPs and, you know, kind of the rejections and fallouts from some of that, some of the nuances. So I thought it'd make a good uh, podcast topic to, to discuss, especially since recently DerbyCon came out and it's really hard to get rejected. I got rejected, so... Um, and I've been rejected before, so it, it, it you know kind of walking through some of the some of the reasons for getting rejected and and some of the things you can do. And in fact, Michael has a, on his website siliconshecky.com, s i l i c o n s h e c k y is has a blog post on the anatomy of a CFP rejection, and he he kind of walks through some of his. Um, uh, the feedback and, and some of the other things that, you know, he walked through some of his, his submissions for the DerbyCon conference. So really good post. Check it out. Show notes, timothydblock.com forward slash EIS forward slash 150. Feedback is welcome at timothy.dblock at gmail.com or on Twitter at timothydblock. So something new I've started is at the bottom of the show notes is a newsletter sign up. I've also pulled up on my website. So I'm thinking of starting some kind of newsletter to, you know, talk about some of the latest episodes coming up, some, you know, events, things like that. We'll see how that goes. Um, But yeah, let's get right into it. And in this episode, I started by asking Michael what his experience is with rejection letters. Well, I'm... I consider myself a lucky one initially. Um, being here in Chicago, B-Side Chicago has gone through a number of different organizers uh, since I started getting involved with everything and moving my career in this fashion to the uh, to the info to the world of infosec. So what happened was was that um, I was going to Burbsec out here, which is our local meetup. We've got four of them, one every week. And I was at the the original one, the prime one, mm-hmm. and the guy, one of the people that actually was running B-Side Chicago was talking about, it, and he's like, we're doing a new slash local track, 30-minute talks, but you're either a new person, somebody that's never talked before and will set you up with a mentor, or you're somebody that's local only with a, th- with a short 30-minute talk, so that way we can get newer people and people that no- don't normally speak at cons. Go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. So I looked at him and I said, well, I've got this idea, but I'm not sure on how to go about doing all this stuff. And I was thinking of holding it off for you. He's like, no, no, put it in this year. I'll help you out. Uh, send it over to me. I'll take a look at it and I'll give you some point- some pointers. Uh, the gentleman's name is uh, Security Mo- It goes by the name Security Moe. Um, if you've seen the uh, DEF CON Speakers Corner from uh, the the uh, sorry the CFP 101s from uh, De- from B sides Las Vegas back in 2016. He's part of that panel. And so did you get like accepted then or? Yeah, I actually did. He actually gave me some ideas on it, and um, I talked with him. He went over. I, I, I wrote things up. 
He looked at it. He said, it looks really good. Go ahead and submit it. Now, it was a blind selection again, so he didn't have any say in the matter or anything mm. like that. And I actually got selected, and it was it was nice because at the time I was still doing um, small businesses. I was doing network engineering and break fix for small businesses for a uh, company. Um, and I was seeing two things at the time. I was seeing that okay, we've got these small businesses that know absolutely nothing about security and don't think that they're going to get hacked because what if they got, why would somebody want to bother hacking them? And then we've got the big, the majority of the security field, which is all, oh, we've got to use this big name thing and this item and you can't do this and you got to do this. And a small sonic wall is a piece of junk and this is that. So I gave a talk. Um, Iron Geek actually recorded, was recording that year, and it's still out there on the tubes somewhere, on security for small businesses and how people are missing the ball. And this wound up being right around the same time, just after the target breach. Mm-hmm which turned out to be a small AC company that gave the in. <laughs> right. For that, so it all fit together very nicely and worked out very well. And I was like, great, this is, this is awesome. I had a great time doing it. I, I'm like, I'll figure something out in another year or two and, and start putting in for more talks. The problem is, is that I have yet to come up with a good idea or a good way of doing a real deep dive tech talk mm-hmm. like people see. And so you're, if you're expecting me to drop a zero, zero day or how to do this or how to do that, you're not going to get it. My background as far as where my expertise areas go, come from is I've been an internet DJ. I've been a radio DJ for fun both times, uh, college, high school. Um, nowadays, I still do internet radio DJing. I've been involved in theater for over 30 years. I act on stage. I've been a front man for a band. So I'm good at presenting stuff. I'm also decent at communication. Mm -hmm. And there's the breakdown. And that's why I wind up going ahead and catering my CFPs in in what I want to speak about towards is the soft skills. The skills that a lot of us have to really work at. Mm -hmm. And why do we have to work in them? And how... Without working at them and sitting around there and just saying, well, they're losers or they're users and they're never going to learn, etc. Or the higher-ups just don't understand and there's no way we can explain it to them. How that's as much of a security breakdown as somebody in a zero day as somebody going ahead and hacking through a firewall. As somebody finding that, that bug inside of a firewall or doing an SQL injection. So I put in for, for all these. The problem is, is that you run into one of two ty- I, I run into a couple of different types of situations. One is where I'll wind up going ahead and putting in a similar talk to what one of the rock stars in our industry. And I, I hate that term, and the people that I know that are considered rock stars hate that term also. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's no better way of really describing it right. at times. Popular. And yeah. And a great example of that was um, the first CypherCon up in Milwaukee a few years ago. I put in for for a to- for a basic level talk uh, on soft skills, and the talk that I wound up giving wound up being actually done by Johnny Christmas and Hacks for Pancakes, <laughs> who who are both friends of mine. Right. They had no idea I was putting in that same sort of a talk. I had no idea that they were putting in that sort of a talk when I saw that they that their talk got. Except I went, that makes perfect sense. They're known quantities. <laughs> right. People are going to listen to them. 
Um, you look at people like Jeff Mann, who's done the Art of the Jedi Mind Trick. These are people giving these soft skill talks, and they're rock stars. Right. But you get away from that rock star area, and you don't see as much of the soft skill talks going on. Right. Um, so I try and focus on that way. As it is, I have a limited number of cons that I can really get to. I live in the Chicago area. Travel is not always easy for me, um, either being money-wise or time-wise with a wife and a baby. Uh, so I'll shoot off for B-Side Chicago at times. I'll shoot off CFPs for CypherCon, which I actually got accepted to earlier this year oh, and gave congrats. a talk there. It's the first time since first time in four years that I <laughs> was on stage giving a talk. ThoughtCon uh, I give to every year. But I really started thinking about it this year when I started seeing everybody going ahead and talking about getting rejected at RSA. And I knew that the call for papers for ThoughtCon was cut off. And I knew that the call for papers for CypherCon was cut off. And there was coming up soon a cutoff time for the call for papers for Circle City, which I put in a, a talk for, which didn't make it through. And I started really thinking about, well, why, am, why is this happening? I've got friends that are willing to look over my, my CFPs, and I'll let them look over it. And they go ahead and say, hey, these look, this looks fantastic. I like the way this is. Here's what you need to tweak. And I'll make tweaks. Last year, uh, in 2017, I was part of the panel for B-Side Chicago going over CFPs blindly. So I got to see what really bad CFPs looked like and what really good CFPs looked like mm -hmm. straight out of the box. And that gave me some insight into, okay, here's some tweaks that I can make. But why am I not getting accepted? Well, it has to be a few different options. Number one is always that, okay, you're giving the same sort of talk that we want one of the best-known people out there going ahead giving a talk on. All right, not much you can do about that, especially if you're dealing with a non-blind CFP. And I, I love the fact that CFP gets changed around depending upon who you talk to. I look at it as being call for presentations, not call for papers, not call for, for whatever else they could come up with the P for. Presentations. Because <laughs> that's what you're doing is you're going to be right. giving a presentation. So you've got, that, you've got that rock star situation where, okay, you run into that. If you're going ahead and dealing with a blind, you might be able to go ahead and write the CFP better than them, but you're not going to know. You're still going up against somebody that talks all the time and puts in more CFPs than you probably ever have. Right. And just to be fair, they get plenty of rejections also, especially early on. They just kept going at it and that's probably the biggest thing that anybody can do right. then you run into your two types of your, your three types of cons that i that i figured out and the first one's your vendor con and that's stuff like rsa or dell world or microsoft's uh ignite or any of those and that tends to get more vendor specific and they're looking for very specific things and if you don't fit that mold exactly as to what the vendor is wanting you're not going to get selected it's as simple as that. You're not going to get the outside people going ahead and saying this. Those are also the places that they're going to want the bigger names at, period. So you're going to have to build yourself up a resume before you get to that point. Mm -hmm. And then you run into the two other types of cons, and that is what I, what I call your hacking con and your security con. And there is a difference between the two of them. Um, CypherCon is a security con. 
DerbyCon is a security con. Circle City Con is a security con. They will have red hat and blue, red team and blue team side talks. They'll have talks, uh, they'll have soft skill talks. They'll go through and run the gamut of everything that's available out there for talks as long as they feel that it's right for what they're looking for that year. Mm-hmm. Then you'll have your hacker conferences, which is more along the lines of your DEF CON. Um, and especially here in Chicago, ThoughtCon. And ThoughtCon has said flat out that they're trying to keep hold of the old-style hacker conference. They don't record talks there. They keep the loca- the actual location a secret until a couple of weeks before the conference itself. They'll give some general ideas of where you can go for hotels, but that's it. And this year they actually did change locations from where they'd been the f- few prior years. So it was a total surprise to everybody where it was actually being held. They're looking for more of that red team, the hacking type talks. They're looking for that extra little something that that gives them that underground feel to it, to an extent. I mean, I did two, two. I went to two two-hour talks at ThoughtCon this year, and both I learned I learned a heck of a lot about Kerberos and how to attack Kerberos, and from that how to defend Kerberos. Mm-hmm. And then there was I forget what the other one was, um, but again it was all right. This is how you attack into this. This is how you look at this sort of sort of thing it was it was a mini workshop almost uh complete with slides slide decks and exercises for us to go through as we were as we were going through the two-hour uh experience and then they they had other things such as um uh some fun stuff like a puppet show (laughs) (laughs) um based on people that were actually that actually ran the uh conference and they had some other talks that were all across the board, um, their big name people there this year were uh, Corey Doctorow was there, Wendy Nather was there, um, Kieran, God, what's her last name? She's from Israel. She was there. Uh, some real big name people. I put in for for another one of my. This is how you communicate better type talks, mm-hmm. and their CFP is a very difficult CFP to do because you don't get space to put in an outline. You only get a very limited number of characters on their form to go ahead and put in a description and you have to do the description just right to really get noticed. And then it's not a blind CFP on top of it all. Mm -hmm. So you get three big things. When I put in for CypherCon, when I put in for Circle CityCon, even DerbyCon, you've got enough space to go ahead and do whatever you want to, as far as your introduction to or description of what you're wanting to do. And then you get an area where it says, well, do you have an outline? Could you put an outline in here? And putting an outline in shows people that you've thought this talk all the way through, that you've got a plan for doing it. You're not just going to be doing this haphazard. ThoughtCon, you don't get that sort of... You don't get that with. It's a small... It's almost like a tweet size box to go ahead and fill out what you want. I think it's 140 words maximum hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And it and once you're done with that, that's it. You don't have space to go ahead and give them a, a, a full blown description. You don't have space to go ahead and give them an outline of, of what you're going to talk and how it's all laid out or anything like that. So 
you run into the hacker con, which is like a thought con, and I'm sure there's other cons that are that lean more towards that way, even if they record. And then you have your security cons, like your def, like your uh, derbies, your your circle cities, your cipher cons, and they vary in size. And so there's three ways I see that you could go ahead and get brought into it. Number one, you blow them out of the water with your CFP. Number two, it's non-blind and you know somebody and they bring you in. <laughs> yep. That was mine. Yeah, and, and, and not, it, it, you, you and I both know that as much as people say it doesn't happen, it happens. Oh, it happens all the time. It yeah. happens all yeah, the yeah. time. Or number three, they don't have enough talks. Yep. Yeah, that's a big one too. All right. ThoughtCon, I was a little disappointed in this year that I didn't get called back up. They had somebody drop out last minute because of health issues. And had an open slot there, so one of the one of their people went ahead and uh, gave a gave a talk. Right. Meanwhile, I was sitting there going, "Well, if they want me, they've got my email address. I'm all ready to go. I'm right <laughs> here local. It's not like they're flying me in or anything like that." Right. So it, it gets to be one of those things where you go, "Well, I'll keep going ahead and putting in for ThoughtCon, but until I come up with something really big and, and bold for them, I probably won't get accepted." Right, and, and I can handle that. CypherCon, um, that just happened to be a little bit of having things written up properly and a little bit of them needing to fill out the, their schedule, which is fine. It gave me another spot to go ahead and talk at. I don't care if I get in just because they don't have enough sp- spots. It's still a spot for me to talk. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, I have to email um, the organizer my slide deck because he's just finishing up getting the videos all taken care of from the conference itself. So that'll be nice once the, that video gets out there and people can see how I go about doing it. Yeah. yeah I but think, I think once you establish kind of yourself too. Um, yeah. Especially if you're, like you said, it's not like you're, you have some experience with presenting and stuff. And that's, I think, I know I've been um, given opportunities because um I had the previous year had like a good talk and I got good ratings from the crowd. Um, right. So like, cause I had submitted and didn't hear anything and I, I happened to run into them. They're like, Oh yeah, 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 you're in, you're in this year. I was like, Oh, okay. I guess that's how that's going to work. <laughs> so the, the big thing about the rejection on it though, is usually I'll go ahead and I'll try and get some sort of feedback from, from the people. Right. Um, Circle City is usually very good about giving feedback. ThoughtCon, mm-hmm. I don't get any feedback from at all. They don't give you anybody to talk to on it. Uh, but some of them, when you're dealing with blind, you don't necessarily get a chance to get the feedback all the time. So getting feedback from from the conferences that you're going to yourself, that you're that you're going for. Number two is as far as handling CFPs. B-sides are usually the easier of the ones to get to, but even those nowadays have become so big in a lot of instances. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's amazing how much they grow and, yeah. and how fast they grow. Yeah, um, B-sides Nashville had like 15 slots, and they had something like 60, 70 submissions. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a really low success rate for getting in. Yeah, yeah, I got a one in four chance, basically. Right. So. Um, but... The big thing about handling rejections is understanding that it's not necessarily you're a bad person or that your talk was uninteresting. Mm-hmm. It's 
usually the fact that somebody else had something a little bit better than you. And realize that, okay, I didn't do this right. Maybe turn around and talk to people that have gone ahead and, and do get accepted regularly and say, listen, this got rejected. Why would you think that this got rejected and what could I do better? And that's a hard thing for all of us to do. I mean, you look at our industry overall, and I'd say at least 60, 70% of us lean towards the introverted side. Just from the people that I've met and the people that, that I've gotten a chance to know. Some of us are introverted extroverts, where we uh, put on a brave face in front of people. But in the end, we all tend to be introverts because we tend to go ahead and, and find solace in front of that computer screen. And being an introvert and trying to push out there is tough enough as it is. Being an introvert and getting rejected and then asking for help as to why you got rejected is even tougher because by the time that you get around to it, you really don't care anymore. <laughs> it's on to the next thing. You're focused on what you're doing. Right. Why should I worry about why? Why should I have somebody pick this this thing that already has given me pain mm -hmm. apart? Instead of thinking of, well, if I have them pick it apart for me, I could get better at it and maybe get in on the next one that I, that I go for. And then you run into the, into the whole idea of, all right, so who do I talk to? And that's where going onto Twitter or going onto a lot of these slacks really can give you a chance to, to get to know people. I go to, to a conference and I tried to talk to at least one or two people that I've never met before. This year, I set myself a goal of talking to some of the InfoSec rock stars that were at the conferences. Uh, I got a chance to talk with um, Wendy Nather. Um, I got a chance to talk with Karen. And uh, I got a chance to talk with Jason Street and get a chance to know them and, and understand how they go about some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's real interesting because... They want people to talk to them, and everybody's scared to talk to them because, oh, they're these big-name people when they're no more a big-name person than you or I when you actually sit down and talk with the majority of these people. Right. 2017, I got a chance to get to know Jeff Mann between three conferences in the Chicagoland area. He spoke at uh, CypherCon up in Milwaukee. He spoke at ThoughtCon, and he was the keynote for Hack for Kids, which I volunteer for every year. So between the three of them, I got a chance to really get to know him and hang out. And real nice guy, real down to earth, always willing to, to talk to somebody and give advice and, and help out. And that's the one thing that we've got going for us is that community feel. But we don't take it in as much as we really need to. Everybody, you, you watch Twitter and you see everybody say, if you need me, just, just hit me up. If you need me, just shoot me off a message and then we can open up a DM if we're not following each other. How many people actually go about doing that? And I'm not just talking about mental health issues, which is a big thing, but I'm just talking about even as much as a CFP. Why, why are you getting rejected? What can I do to go ahead and make this talk better? What can I do to make my presentation to them, my, my, my call for presentation that much better? Should I be using different words? Should I be trying to make it sound funny? I don't want to present it as something that it's not. So what am I doing wrong and what are other people doing right? And that's where we get lost a bit. And there's some real good stuff out on the net to uh, actually help out. And 
once I can get the chat window back open up here, I can go ahead and I used to use Skype all the time. <laughs> well, they've changed it probably since the last time. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, there it is. There's the chat box. Well, the last time that I was using it, it was more along the lines of Skype for Business as opposed to Skype Personal, which also has a little bit different layout. Yeah. So this first link that, I, that I've just sent you is uh, the Sweet Cat. Cat Sweet on Twitter. And she wrote up a beautiful thing on how to build up a CFP and what to do for it and how to do an abstract and a detailed outline and an in-conclusion on it. Then there's the uh, CFPs 101 from Defcon, from B-Sides Las Vegas a few years ago, which is a 45-minute, 50-minute talk panel about CFPs and, and how to do it. And then DEFCON actually did things a number of years ago where they had a, a post about how do I make my CFPs stand out. And between those three, you can get a real good idea of basic tips on how to go about making a proper CFP. From there, it's a matter of talking to people that have passed the CFP or especially people that have been on the blind that have been on the panels for the CFPs. Mm -hmm. um, most of the people that I know of that have gotten accepted for CFPs, at some point or another, have been on panels going ahead and helping select CFPs. Um, if you go into in, into some of the some of the slacks out there, there or talk to some of the people out there, like uh, InfoSister, she gets accepted all the time. I know that she has done stuff where she's actually helped pick out CFPs for, for uh, cons before that she's helped out with. She's willing to help people out. Uh, Heelwands, Dave Schwartzberg, he's willing to help people out. It's a matter of, yeah, they like to go out there and talk, but we need, the mo we need more people out there to do it. And we got to get out of this catch-22. Well, unless you're a name, you're not going to get in. So it boils down to a matter of who's going to help you out and are you willing to accept the help on it? And that's how you get around the rejected. And then you have to understand that there's only so many slots. Mm -hmm. And just because you get rejected at one conference doesn't mean that you'll get rejected at another conference. The last thing in the world that you, that, that you should do is stop putting in those CFPs. I mean, in your case, for instance, you, you've been doing it, you've done some, you know, like, ah, I'll take a break and I'll go for panels a little bit more. That's fine. That gets your name out there. That'll get you mm -hmm. out there a little bit more. And you can go ahead and do that. Also, volunteering for these conferences will get your name known out there. Yep. People at the conferences will get to know you better. You can talk to them, find out who's on the CFPs, who's doing the CFP selections. What is the committee doing? How are they rating it? Find out from them about it. And then finally, when you can get to it, is actually go ahead and be on the committees to go ahead and pick out the CFPs and rate the CFPs that are being being put in for a conference that you're involved with. Because then you'll see how everybody's doing it. You'll know which ones wind up getting selected in the end, and you'll know how you rated their their actual presentation, their actual abstract, right? And how good is that compared to what you would write up? And between those three things, you can get better. 
But the biggest thing is to never stop giving up because eventually somebody somewhere is going to give you that break. They'll give you that shot to go ahead and do it. Cool. Well, um, Mike, uh, this was a great conversation. Uh, thanks for joining me to talk about how to handle a CFP rejection. Thank you very much, and thank you very much for having me, Tim. Thank you.